0: for joining me for the wheel of crimes thanksgiving special slash mini spin today we're going to talk about thanksgiving related crimes since it is thanksgiving but first let's get the business out of the way if you want to interact with the show there are several ways to do this you can take to facebook and search for the wheel of crime podcast find us on instagram at wheel of crime podcast we also have a blog i'm going to be honest don't update it very much but check it out anyway wheel of crime podcast and finally Email us at wheelocrimepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of emailing the show, I'm still working on a listener-based show, so send those emails. Got a crazy story to share? Did something strange happen to you that you can't explain? Whatever you want to share, send it in, and we'll put it on the show. All right, so let's get started. So I came across an article on AACriminallaw.com about five common crimes committed on Thanksgiving weekend. If you stop to think about it, it's pretty easy to guess. So, let's get to the list. So, number one, of course, is a DUI. Of course it is. Do I even have to explain this? People get stupid because they have a five-day weekend and do stupid shit. Thanksgiving weekend is one of the biggest traveling weekends of the year, but some people don't understand that drinking and driving don't mix. Just be aware that cops are out in full force on Wednesday to Sunday looking to bust dumb motherfuckers. And coupled with the fact that it's the end of the month, dude, just don't even get on a bicycle if you're going to be drinking. Be smart. Get an Uber. Number two disorderly conduct. It stands to reason that if people are drinking, people are going to get drunk, and sometimes drunk people are disorderly and stupid. Plus, with Black Friday deals, people can get even stupider the day after they've just spent time being thankful for everything that they have. Number three, speeding. Since this is a heavily traveled holiday, people people are eager to get where they're going, and because more people are on the road, the more speeders will be caught by speed trapping cops. End of the month about it. Number four, vandalism. There's a few factors that lead into this one. Young people being together, maybe potentially drinking alcohol or just being bored. Now I'm not blaming young people for this one in particular, but there tends to be an increase in this crime around this time of year and alcohol tends to influence that. And number five, theft. Black Friday is a very busy time of year and while some of the deals are too good to pass up, some people feel that the stores are so busy with customers no one will notice if they try to sneak out with a little bit of product, you know, some Jane's addiction, put some turkey up your belt. I don't know. I don't I really know. But just be aware that loss prevention officers are fully aware of this, and I'm sorry people are flushing upstairs, uh, and know all the signs. So you may think you're getting away with something, but I promise you, you are not. All right, so for this one, I was going to bring this up for the last episode for Cannibal Killings. But since he didn't actually kill anyone, I wanted to hold off on it. But since it does tie into Thanksgiving, we're going to discuss it. So the Delicious Nickalicious and Rob Dog from the Brohio podcast discussed this case in their episode on July 2nd of this year called The Cannibal Cop and featured the suspect Gilberto Valle. I think it's Valle uh, in in the interview and in quite uh, sorry, (laughs) in fact, quite a few podcasts have covered this case. This made a list of Thanksgiving crimes because he had taken to the internet saying in a chat room that he was going to have, quote, girl meat for Thanksgiving. Okay, so who is Gilberto Valle? He was an NYPD officer with a wife and a young daughter who was polite and conservative. But after his family would go to sleep, he would take to the internet on a dark fetish site for those with hardcore fetishes, aptly named darkfetishnet.com. So the people on this site were into some really sick shit, like hardcore, like bondage, castration, waste fantasies, like pissing and shitting on each other, scat stuff, you know, rape fantasies and cannibalism. So on this site, his name, his nickname was Girl Meat Hunter. Just the cutest thing ever. He would post all kinds of things about, um, or about his fantasies with other members. Uh, But what made it seem like anything other than a fantasy? It was the fact that he posted pictures of women he knew in real life, including his wife, in an album titled Cook Them or Kill Them. And this is where other members would then send a message to him about what they would like to do with these women, either kill them or eat them. And then they would discuss it. Wow. So this went on for some time with him living his day life as a police officer, sworn to uphold the law and protect and serve as a husband and father. And my cats are killing each other. And then he had this other life where he allowed himself to dive deeper into his dark fantasies. But eventually, as it happens with many marriages where one spouse suspects the other of cheating or living a double life because it's really obvious, his wife got suspicious and installed spyware on their computer. She got way more than she bargained for, though. She found pictures of herself as well as other women both she and her husband knew and read about these plans to kill and eat them. Of course, this was just too much for his wife, who immediately left the house and took the baby with her. It didn't matter how much he tried to explain that it was a fantasy, but how do you explain to your wife that you get turned on by the thought of tying her up and dressing her up like a Thanksgiving turkey? Oh gosh, I don't, I don't know how I would ever have that conversation with another human being. As you can imagine, nothing he said changed her mind at all. So she went directly to the FBI and soon they were at his doorstep with guns drawn. They took him in for questioning, arrested him, and denied him bail. He would stay in jail for 21 months. What they found on the computer was quite alarming. Google searches that included how to prepare human meat, where to get huge cooking trays, and how to cook a woman alive. They also found a document titled Abducting and Cooking Kimberly, blueprint along with transcripts of several chats involving detailed plans for abduction now this shit hit the fan this was one of the biggest stories in nyc because a cop was planning on kidnapping killing and eating women at trial he was convicted of conspiracy to kidnap and sent to prison story over right victory has been won and justice has been served wrong this case reminds me so much of that movie minority report I don't know if y'all have seen this, but the premise of the movie is it was set in a future where a uh, special police unit used these psychics to predict the future murders, uh, predict future murders, and then arrest perpetrators before they even did anything. And, of course, the cop that played Tom Cruise finds himself accused of murder he hasn't even committed yet. And this is, that's when it, everything breaks down, like, oh, this is wrong. So, it's not exactly the same, but dude, as sick and twisted as these fantasies were, and despite the fact that he was an officer of the law, the law is very cut and dry. You can't exactly convict somebody for fantasizing about committing crimes. Otherwise, most everyone would be in prison right now. Valle didn't commit, any, didn't actually commit a crime. Though he talked about killing and eating women he knew, he also talked about other things, such as kidnapping women in a white van he didn't own. Hashtag ban the van, true crime garage. Uh, about a stove in a basement in a secluded mountain house that he didn't have, and when he would set a date for others for a supposed kidnapping, the date came and went and nothing would happen. Despite the repugnant fantasy, his plans weren't real. Eventually, after two years, the convention the conviction was reversed by a judge and he was released on house confinement while the district attorney's office appealed. On what grounds, I don't know. But eventually he was exonerated. Uh, HBO made a documentary about the case and he plans to write a book and according to his interview on the Brohio podcast he's turned his dark fantasies into novels which is probably a better way to channel these fantasies than the way he had started out. He's no longer with the NYPD of course but what do you think about this case? Send me an email at Podcast at gmail.com and let me know. My thought about this case is that while it is incredibly disturbing that a police officer would have those sort of fantasies there's nothing illegal about it he never acted on it he never talked to anyone in real life about it real life meaning outside the internet chat room where he divulged his dark fetishes without actually committing a crime and that's not illegal like I said though disturbing it's I think it was his profession mixed with those fantasies that really screwed people up but still at the end of the day even cops are human but I get why his wife reacted the way she did and I get why it blew up into such a media frenzy It's like finding out that your pastor jacks off thinking about fucking little girls. He may may not have ever done it, but it's just the thought that he would indulge in thinking about it is absolutely sickening. All right, so here's another interesting Thanksgiving crime, and I bet most of you probably already know this one. But on Thanksgiving in 1971, a man wearing dark glasses, a suit, and a raincoat boarded a plane in Washington under the name D.B. Cooper. He sat back in his seat and lit up a smoke. Back in the 70s, people smoked everywhere. Do you remember those little, um, um, what do you call them, like, um, vending machines that had cigarettes in it? You, would, you wouldn't even, couldn't find those these, these days. No way, no way. Anyway, uh, he handed the stewardess a note, and the note said that he had a bomb on him, and he wanted $200,000. He hijacked the plane to Seattle, and once the money was delivered, he released the passengers. Now, once the plane was back up in the air and over the mountains near Portland, he strapped on a parachute and jumped out of the plane. Only $6,000 of the 200000 was ever found. Providing that D.B. Cooper survived the jump, this was considered the most famous Thanksgiving heist and also the perfect crime. No evidence of D.B. Cooper was ever found. And here's a funny little one. <laughs> You're going to like this. On Thanksgiving in 2001, according to Carol trobermanlaw.com 911 dispatch received two calls which sounded like a woman in distress. They traced the call to a home, um, to the home of a police dog and his owner, Nandor Santo. It's a weird, really weird name. It turns out the dog stepped on the cell phone by accident, causing it to dial 911 not once but twice. The emergency operator thought the dog's whine sounded like a woman, so the officers they searched the home for a distressed woman, but instead they found 150 marijuana plants hidden in the basement. He was later charged with illegally manufacturing drugs like dude your best friend rats you out. the dog was a rat what the hell <laughs> okay so the big and this is this is my opinion not the opinion of anybody else this is mine alone the biggest crime committed on thanksgiving was the original thanksgiving dinner number one and i want to say this right now so there's no confusion i love my country and i love having thanksgiving thanksgiving dinner with my family however I am deeply ashamed of some of the origins of these highly celebrated traditions. Many people believe that Thanksgiving is America's original hate crime. According to lbgtqnation.com, America's origin of hate crimes can be traced to the treatment of the Native Americans and how America celebrates Thanksgiving. Pilgrims came here in pursuit of religious freedom and an escape from the persecution they faced back home, and they were right to do so, but the actual practice of that religious liberty came at the expense of the rights of the native people who were already inhabiting america america many native americans don't consider thanksgiving a time of celebration but a national day of mourning and this is also the reason that singer slash actor share doesn't celebrate thanksgiving either so i'm not going to go into it any deeper than that because we all know the tragic history and while i could get on my soapbox i don't want to use this platform for that reason as a child i saw the hypocrisy of this holiday and thought how awful the history of our country really was. And sugarcoating it doesn't make the medicine go down any easier. But I'm still going to celebrate with my family and be thankful that I have my family and that I can sit down and have dinner with them. So that's going to do it for our Thanksgiving mini spin. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you're always notified of our new episodes. Rate and review whenever you listen to our or wherever you listen to your podcast. Have a happy holiday. Be safe. Don't drink and drive and don't be a dick.